All right, join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you most of all for um, calling us to yourself so that we can even fathom how glorious you are. Lord, teach us today what we might have missed in the past and what we can invest in the future. We trust your word. We trust the servant Peter who has written it down for our benefit. We thank you, Lord, for the community that we have to exercise our understanding in. Please bless us in this next half hour as all of us lean in even closer to your teaching. And Lord, give us ears to hear something amazingly fresh so that today is the next day in which we can be a witness for you in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm asking you today to consider your identity. So do you have your driver's license in hand? You need it. So, um, uh, for real. This area has got to follow my instructions by the word. For real. For real. All right, so um, in August, I went back to my high school for my 10th class reunion. Okay, it was 20. All right, it was 40. It was 40. Okay. So <laughs> it was 40. So my 40th class reunion, which are words I never thought I would say because old people say that, but uh, my 40th class reunion, um, on our chest like the, like the name tags we have right now was my name in high school and a picture of myself, my senior picture in which I was not having the best hair day. <laughs> but I thank goodness for those names and pictures because we walked into the room of complete strangers. You know, those are people that... There were 400 kids in my class, so I you know, did expect not to know some. But um, I told my husband on the way there, who asked me, who were we going to see here? Any old boyfriends? <laughs> and I said, yeah. You know, I saw the list. My prom date is coming. We weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, but we were a prom date. And I said, I'll introduce you to him. And I walked into the room. And of course, there's some people I'm recognizing and we're greeting one another. And then there's this person who spoke to me very familiarly. <laughs> Hi, Cheryl. And I couldn't see his name tag. And he gave me a big hug. And I said, hi, how are you? <laughs> and he put his arm down, and that was my prom date. I saw his name tag, and I saw his class picture, but I did not see much resemblance in the person I was looking at. And let me just say, thank goodness for Miss Clarell, okay? So <laughs> us girls fared better, I will say that for sure. So, um, but the thing about our, that name tag and... And as I was actually getting ready to go to the reunion, I was going through like a bunch of high school stuff, you know, and I found my old driver's license. Yeah, and I mean, they must not have collected them back then or something, but my old driver's license, which of course had my old last name and my old address and my old picture of myself and my old weight, it was great. Um, <laughs> so, what, what, so I. For this believer's identity, I thought, here's an identity card we, we carry everywhere, don't we? we? I was just at a, a Cubs game, and they were checking all IDs at the counter. You know, everywhere they're checking IDs. They haven't checked mine for a while, but I'm just saying. So, um, so I want you to look at your card, and we're going to play um, a little bit of a game. Okay? So uh, just if, if you don't have your glasses on, well, I'm sorry. Maybe someone next to you can help you. And, uh, Tammy's going to help me out here. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to play bingo. And you have a little scorecard at the top of, I'm calling it license bingo. It's not really bingo. On the top of your worksheet, you have a little scorecard. 
And right now, I want you to find the information that is asked there and put that under the My Numbers column. So the first thing it's asking you is for your date of birth. I want you to write it um, uh, two digits. Let me see here. Two digits, two digits, four digits. Okay? You're going to find out who you are. And then... Um, your issue date, ISS, it says on mine. The ISS date. Can you see it? It's the date when they issued your driver's license to you. The last driver's license to you. And then the number on your license, which begins with a, um, a letter, which you do not have to put down. But put down the numbers that refer to your driver's license number. Just write them in your spot there. And then uh, G, for B-I-N-G-O, we have the birth date, the ISS, the number, and the giver. Are you a donor? If you're a donor, in my, on my license, the word donor is on the state of Illinois in red. If you have signed up to be an organ donor, okay? Pardon me? Mine is a size 4G. Does that mean organ donor? Okay. I didn't hear it. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you how to score these things yet, so don't get ahead of the, the meeting. The, the, yes, you can get it. You're going to get a point for that, but you have to wait a second. And now O is over. Now, I'm just going to say, remember my weight on my 16-year-old driver's license? It's the same as now, according to the state. <laughs> so you get points for how many pounds actual your over actual how many pounds over your actual weight you actually are. And so this is my this is my legal weight, but my personal weight is a little different. That's that's between you and your neighbor. Okay, so for uh, Tammy, will you please? Yeah. What if it's under? I hate you. You, if it's under, you can get twenty-five points. So, yeah, mine is not under. I never even crossed my mind that it would be under. All right, Tammy, I'm gonna hold this, and you're gonna draw a number for me. So this is how we're gonna determine if you get any points on your date of birth. So if you have a two in any of the digits of your date of birth, you get one point for every two. Do you understand that? So if you have two twos, how many points do you get? Four. Wait, what? Yeah, two. <laughs> one point for every number two you have. Okay, next one. Yeah, date of, on, only on your date of birth. Okay, now on your ISS. We're looking for the number. Five. Five. The number five in your in your ISS. All right. Now we're looking at the number on your license. And Tammy says that number we're looking for is number four. Number four. Then you get to multiply. You get one point for every four that shows up. If you are a donor, now give yourself twenty points. And give yourself as many points as you want for being honest about your weight. <laughs> Do I have any winners? All right.
Now, this is the first time you're actually going to get rewarded for gaining weight. <laughs> so, does anybody have 25 points? Raise your hand if you have 25 points. Oh, add them up. Add them up, total them up. Add them up. I don't mean on your weight. Keep your hands down about that. Um, total them up. If you have 25 points, raise your hand. At least 25 points. All right. If you have at least 30 point total, raise your hand. 30 points total. All right. If you have 40 points total. Wow. All right. 40 points total. If you have 45 points total or more, your total. All right. Anybody have more than 50 points? 50 points total. Is that because I added the, the we're not talking about the weight one? Yeah, we're talking about the way. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, more than 50 points. We have one. I'm just going to say if you have 40 to 50 points, enjoy a granola bar. There's no calories. Whoever, whoever that was, raise your hand over here. Here. Just give this pass around. All right. I think I did this on So here's the thing. Our ID cards are useful, but they don't really represent us totally. In fact, the ID card that I had before I was married, which was legal then, really has very little relevance to me. It was about my relationship at the time to my parents because I had their address and I had their last name. And I even had some of their characteristics. My father has green eyes, I have green eyes. So um, that identity state, oddly, my eyes have actually turned blue, which is strange, but that is even wrong on my current driver's license. We were talking about identity in, in, our, in our study today, and I was talking about this same concept with my daughter Marie, who is um, now engaged. And she's a professional woman and works in Manhattan in advertising. So she's now engaged, and her name is correctly Marie Basilio. And um, for a while, my son was um, dating, long-term dating, a girl whose name was Marie something else. And we wondered, would there someday be two Marie Pasilios? And what would happen then? <laughs> um, so we wondered if my daughter would, in this modern age, choose to change her name. I changed my name without necessarily thinking of it, but I was relating how hard that was to my husband. We've been married 35 years. I said, do you realize when we got married, I stopped to be who I used to be, and I began to be who I was in reference to you, including all of the things, including my last name and, and my address and everything else. And at that time, I quickly thereafter became someone's mother. And in relation to them, I stopped being the professional person that I had once been. And that change of identity was really hard on me. Because I grew up thinking, Cheryl Kish, my, my name, is going to be that. And I had no plans for this other Cheryl. So that period of my time was a little bit of a challenge as I struggled, who am I? And it's not the first time or the last time that I have struggled with that question when my children left the nest, then I wondered again, now who am I? When we moved to a different community and I didn't have a reputation with people next to me, I wondered, who am I? So um, this, is, this is not a, a, a problem that's isolated to us. I think everybody wonders, especially in the sight of God, who do you say that I am? Who am I to you, Lord? So uh, my daughter, Marie, has, has begun to think about changing her name and the other day, she sent me a picture of the two of them, she and her fiancé, at the museum. And on the caption, it said, the Eastmans do the museum. 
her wedding's next September, but she's getting ready for the new identity that she will have a year ago, a year from now. Today we're going to talk about the, what Peter tells us about our identity and our identity in Christ. And I found, as I was reading um, 1 Peter for the 20th time, there was new stuff in there. It's amazing. And if you don't have a, an audio Bible app on your phone, you should get one because it's a way for you to walk and read and drive and listen to Peter through the voice of somebody pretty skilled about reading his sentences because they're long, help you to understand even more than you would have if you'd sat down at the table while the family's swirling around you or in between this and the other thing. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1 and 2 a few important things about the identity of God. Let me read it to you. It's on the screen, obviously. First Peter, an, uh, uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles in the dispersion, those cities, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for the sprinkling of his blood. In that description, we see the triune nature of God. I really don't want that thing. And then because that is addressed to us, we are being described in relationship to the triune God. Because you'll see again that the verse says he's writing to those who, you, and then he's describing those who in relation to God. He's, he's not really describing God here. God's description is describing us. And he's saying we are known by the Father. We are sanctified by the Spirit, made holy, made pure, set apart. And we are saved by the blood, saved by the death of Christ and obedient to his pattern. Now, we, our definition has changed in proximity to his definition, and that's how it works. It's all about relationship. So let's talk about a little bit more about who God is. 1 Peter 3, 4, which we read a couple weeks ago, and I read again this week, even though it's not part of our reading assignment, seemed to me to give the clearest idea of who God is. Because if you'll remember, the scriptures are not a letter about us. They're a letter about him to us. So let's find out about him. I just highlighted these words that stood out to me as characteristics. This is a sort of commentary. As our Bible teacher said, don't read a lot of commentaries because the lecture itself is a commentary. So, you know, you might have interpreted this um, in a, a more enhanced way, a better way than I, and this is, this is where I was at 2.30 last night when I said, I think I better be done with this PowerPoint. <laughs> First Peter 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. We see a lot about God there because the first sentence says, this is who we're describing. Blessed be God. And the rest of the description is for him. You see the difference there? The other description was for us. This is the description of him. So I think in order to figure out who we are in the sight of God, we better figure out who God is and who he's not. I'm not him, he is, so let's figure out how that works. So God is blessed, blessed, right there, blessed be God the Father. 
That means he has a special anointing that puts him in the purposes of, of um, puts his purposes in, in righteousness at all times. He's merciful. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. He is proactive. To a living hope, he is purposeful. There was a reason he caused us to be born again, because we were going something somewhere better. We have a living hope. He was strategic through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When Jesus said he came to earth to die, this is what he meant. It's part of the plan. It's part of the strategy of God to redeem his people. He's generous to an inheritance. He is prudent. That is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. In other words, he made a good investment, a wise, well-thought-out, prudent investment. He's giving us something that's going to last beyond circumstances. He is protective. He's kept that imperishable gift for us to have in the future. And he is personal. It's for you. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Woohoo! That's who God is. This triune God who both knows us and sanctifies us, ongoing process, and has saved us in, for heaven for later, this is how he behaves. This is how we can, be, we can identify with him. And when people want to say, who, who are you? And you want to say, I belong to him. This is what he's going to expect you to mimic, which is why we need that sanctifier. Because Jesus in person isn't here anymore to nudge me and say, oh, that was you know, maybe an inappropriate comment or thing to say or way to think. So we have the Holy Spirit in Jesus' place where we had a, the physical example of Jesus walking next to Peter, we only have now the reminiscences of Peter and the physical presence of the Holy Spirit. So we can look at the word of God, which is living and active, which is Jesus on paper, and we can feel him as Jesus in our heart, as the Holy Spirit. I've given the Holy Spirit too little credit and too little sway with me for too long. Thank you, Peter. You've given me that. And I have to say, in our group, as we discussed how many times Peter wrote Jesus, or Jesus Christ plane, or Christ plane. I was really surprised that the guy who walked next to Jesus for over three years and called him Jesus every day no longer calls him plain Jesus because his identity for Peter has changed. All right, here's the one sentence. I'm going to go back here again. I spent about two hours diagramming that sentence I just read. And the initial, I'm a kind of a grammar geek, but this was getting me hung up. But the initial thing you do when you're going to diagram a sentence is you're going to find out what is the key subject, object, or subject, predicate, object, if there are any. Every sentence has to have at least a subject and a predicate, or a noun that leads and a verb that does the action. So I looked through all of this. Okay, blessed be God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
to a living hope. There's a lot of phrases. This is the huge run-on sentence. Now, which is the sentence that changes everything in this? Which phrase contains a subject and a verb, in this case, an object and a direct, direct object, around which all the rest of the modifiers act? You ready? You know it? There it is, I hear it in the room. He has caused us to be born again. He, God, is doing the action of causing, the causative action. He's doing a causative action, which is the born again part. And that's happening to us. Who gets the glory in this sentence? Say it loud. So when we go around saying, I'm a born-again Christian, who gets the glory in that sentence? Okay. So what we want to say is, God renewed me by this gift of his new birth. And he is the subject of the sentence. It changes everything. And I'm telling you, we could stop doing the Bible study right now. Because this is what Peter is talking about and why he can no longer just call him Jesus. Because this changes everything. And for us too. It changes our identification. In verse 5, verse Peter one five. I have it written incorrectly on the top of your page. It says First Peter five, but it's First Peter one, verse five. So far, I've really only read three verses. It's pretty good, right? Okay, you by God's power. The scripture actually says who? He's referring back to us. You by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation, ready to be reeled, revealed in the last time. Now the description is about us, based on who he is and what he's done for us, this is who we are. We are empowered, we are guarded, we are engaged through faith, and we are preserved for salvation. It's like that picture in Colossians, a full armor of God, you know, ready, protected, active, doing what he tells us to do because we know who we belong to. And his identity influences our identity. Therefore, now this was our writings today, our readings today, chapter 13 through 25. Therefore, I've skipped from 5 until 13 because the conversation that Peter is having after Chapter 5 is he's telling us a little bit more about salvation and a little bit more about the prophets. He's telling us, I'm explaining to you what salvation is again, and I'm going to tell you who, who saw it coming. Those two from 5 to 12 or from 6 to 12, that's the content there. But before that, he was talking about himself or Peter, Peter was writing about God, and then he was writing to us. And this next passage begins with, therefore... And he's talking to the us that he just referred to, which is a couple paragraphs ahead uh, more clear. 
we are, there is pictures of us in those 6 through 12 chapters, but clearly he's been addressing us ever since the address on the letter to the elect exiles. Now he says, therefore you all be mentally prepared, be sober-minded, be goal-oriented, think about heaven, think about hope, be obedient, be informed, not ignorant, be holy, set apart for a, a particular witness or job or activity, be holy, be respectful of authority, be grateful for the provision, for the inheritance, for the salvation, be humble because you needed it, be pure, be loving, be enduring. Who does that ideally describe? Say the big church word. Jesus. Be mentally prepared like Jesus was, knowing what was coming. Even when Peter said, no, that's not happening. Get behind me, Satan. I've got the mind of God. I'm mentally prepared. I'm sober-minded. I know what it's going to take. I have the hope of heaven for you and for the man on the cross and anybody who, who claims my name. Be informed. Know what's going on in the world. Jesus at one time says, be shrewd if we need to be shrewd. What's going on? Be informed. Be holy. Be respectful. All these things. These are the characteristics of Christ. So I'm telling you, we need to know two things in this study. The first is that God does all the sanctification and holy making in ourselves. And then we do all the copying and the practicing. It's our job to, to live up to that. Not because we have to earn it, but because we are thankful. We can't earn it. He starts it out. Your driver's license was issued by the state. Your name was issued by your parents. Even your social security number is issued by the state. It is given to you to operate something. And right now we have the operating manual for a believer. And the rest of, of 1 Peter are a lot of rules of the road. Um, you probably can't see my little, yeah, you can see the little yield sign up there. New, submission for two, that's coming ahead. In the next few chapters, we're going to talk about submission. And the bonus section, trials and suffering. <laughs> that's in there, that's in here, that's what we're going to study. So the point is that we are a new creation because he's given us birth, which I didn't earn the first time and I didn't earn the second time. So, now we have a new identity. First of all, we live in the state of eternity. <laughs> and we have a believer's identity. And our date of birth and our expiration, and our name, and the date of our issuance, and our weight are given to us as well. Our date of our birth, Psalm 139, 13. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Our date of birth was dictated by the one who gave us our first birth. That expiration date, John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall yet live. We don't have an expiration date. 
our name, First John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That's our name. Our issuance date, 1 Peter 3, we just read it. He has caused me to be born again. If you can point to a date, you're lucky, you're blessed. I came to a decision at one point, but he started the process, and I don't know when he started, and I don't know when I fully hooked on, but there was a date when somebody said, you're that, right? And I thought, I am. I am. I know about what time that was in my life, but God knew it exactly because he made it happen. He already had it on his day planner. He had it on his Google calendar. It was going to happen because he ordained it. He's our donor. For sure. He's our donor. He gave all of himself for our sake. 20 extra points. And our weight. You know what Matthew 11.30 says? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's our weight. Easy. Light. Right close to what I weighed in high school. And then that photograph that belongs there. When God looks at me with these characteristics... what he sees. A good hair day. Jesus. So I spend my life living up to the terms of my identity. Following the practices and the rules of the road and the cautions and the corrections that the state requires that everybody be safe. But more than all of that we have Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you because you first loved us. Help us live like we believe it. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen.